Hello, this is M, and welcome to Abnormal Mapping, episode 45. I'm here with the other two pillars of Nintendo's hardware strategy, now with improved backlight Jackson Tyler SP, and no, DS Don't Stand no. for Dual Screen Destiny Servant. I like that. That was good. Uh, no, I'm not. I, we're not gonna... No, I'm no-selling this. This is a complete no-sell. I'm not. No. No. Why? No. Denied. It's so delightful. How's it going, Jackson? <laughs> it's good. Uh... I'm mostly annoyed because I can't think of a way that I don't know enough about Nintendo to win and add more to this dumb bit. But hi, I'm going all right. How's everyone else doing? There's not, there's not like a dumb bit. I'm just introducing you with some flair. <laughs> some character. Some features. Yeah. yeah, some features, yeah. Features like a uh, clamshell yep. design. Thank you. <laughs> a backlit screen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Pearlescent paint job. Prolescent paint I job. Love. Very sexy. <laughs> uh, the sexiest device, the Game Boy SP. Uh, for Nintendo hardware, l- like, look, there's an inherent problem with equating video game hardware with eroticism in the gaming community. Yes, there is. Have I told you about how much my PS4 controller feels like a tit today? What? If we're going down this road, the clear <laughs> and obvious answer is that the GameCube is the best and always has been. This is a thing? Oh, Destiny. At some point, uh, you should... I think the article's gone now, but an article was written about how the game, the PS4 controllers feel smooth, not unlike a woman's breast. Who wrote that? And who let somebody publish that? We're not going to talk about we're who not, wrote that no, on this no, podcast. But That's so gross and weird. Uh, yeah, video games. <laughs> Why would you even... I feel like it's a... I feel like it's a gross uh, misunderstanding of the mechanics of a PS4 controller or a gross misunderstanding of uh, anatomy. It's like the (laughs) literal... Remember that joke in 40-Year-Old Virgin where they ask him about how boobs feel and he compares them to sandbags? Because he's never touched one before? (laughs) That's what that reminds me of. Um, There's like an advert for the Vita or something that is a statue of a woman's bust but the, the busts are two sides I don't remember oh but I, I remember know that and I, I remember that happening yeah <sighs> I don't remember the details because I don't spend enough time in my life actually thinking about the details of eroticized video game adverts but there sure have been I, a I lot mean, of them the answer is GameCube oh, the answer it's is so GameCube. pleasant it has a handle it's like it comes in a variety of uh, non-threatening matte colors I'm sad because I, I never look, had one. I could never find I could never find a glossy system uh, erotic. I feel like it's too threatening. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas you holding that GameCube around and people are thinking, hmm, what they what they ha- what, what's in that GameCube? I'm like afraid of. I'm both looking of for you a now. top loader. That's what I'm saying. Hey, <laughs> hey, hey. Uh, yep. Abnormal mapping. So how's everybody? Uh, yeah, uh, this is. We haven't recorded in like seven weeks because uh, I'm going to blame Jackson. It's not. It's Jackson's probably fault. my fault. I, it's not. I don't. I actually don't know why we were in a rush to. Probably my fault, actually. I was going to say, this sounds uh, like a yeah, you problem, Em. It, it How, was because how's everybody doing? What, what are you playing? What are you doing in these seven weeks? We could have gone on spiritual journeys in this time. <laughs> I, I think I did. <laughs> Okay, I just in? played Rise of the Tomb Raider. <laughs> yeah. Which is Let a good game, with... but hardly a spiritual journey. That's true. It's a tomb raiding journey. <laughs> Are you going to talk about it? What? I mean, so, uh, I really didn't like Tomb Raider 2013. That's when the game came out, right? I yeah. thought that the writing was... Uh, often gross in like a we took from exploitation movies but like it's 2013 and you can't just get away with that and it's not as gross as like a random exploitation movie but i feel like the tropes of creating a cool character through abusing said character throughout the course of the game were uh old hat at this point uh rise of the tomb raider has no such compunction uh laura croft is just like professor furiosa going around learning languages and murdering people uh it's the job done. It's a really cool game. It's no uh, Tomb Raider Legend, but it's pretty good. Uh, if you have it, on, if you can play it on PC, I recommend that the way to play it. Uh, if you have a PS4, I guess it'll come out uh, never for Christmas. 
And I, I don't know. Apparently, it came out on something called an Xbox. What's that? Uh, it's like a. Isn't that a PC thing? Yeah, it's like a. It's like a. Uh, it's not a Steam store? machine. Yeah, it's something else. Okay. Oh, the Universal Windows platform. You're talking me. Is what you tell yeah, me today? but it, but it doesn't. But it doesn't run Steam. Hmm. Well, this doesn't sound right to me. Are you yeah. sure that's a real thing? Uh, I, I've been told that it it's real. It has gamer score. What is that? Uh, <laughs> I, you know, that was a genuine. Was that a genuine question? No, I'm. I'm. I assume. I assume that it has something to do with like music libraries, mm. and they just mispronounced game scores. Uh, yeah, because that's silly. Mm-hmm. So, moving on from this bit, <laughs> <laughs> just put a. Do you have something better, again. Jackson? What did you do that was so much better than this bit? Well, I, I, it was I funny. went to this to this. It was fine, but it had to die. <laughs> I went to the spreadsheet and I'm looking at the games that I've played, and I realized that since mid January, when we last recorded a podcast, the game I like. There's so many. Every video game. I think. I think it. In between the last recording and this one, I I have played Tales from the Borderlands. I think that's uh, how long ago this was. I actually think that's accurate because I feel like I mentioned that you should play it. Uh, oh, so the thing that happened our last ago. podcast is that you said by now you would have played season two of The Walking Dead, <laughs> and uh, that clearly didn't happen. Uh, yeah, well, Digimon came out and messed up my stuff, and then school happened. But mm-hmm. I, I played a bunch of games apparently in the last six weeks because, um, so I can focus on any of them or none of them. Why don't you give me the one that isn't Tales of the Borderlands? Okay, um, I, I, I guess I'll just do what I played recently. I played 10, um, 10 million? 10 million. I got a new, I got a new phone. Uh, 10 million is the game. I, I'm, I'm going to assume it's 10 million. It might be 1 million, it might be 100 million. It's 10 million. I like that you million. got a new phone and then played like a four year old game on it. Well, so well, no, what I did was I bought a new phone and then I went through my purchase library <laughs> of a bunch of games that I never played. So my new phone is full up with games from 2008. Let me tell you, iOS Mirror's Edge runs amazingly. Um, I'm amazed that it runs at all, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> it, run, it kept that up being super smooth. It's great. Uh, cool. But I, I, I decided, let's play 10 million. And it ruined my life. I'm just but For sitting... like three days. Oh, yeah. For like... Oh, so good. Because I'm just making the numbers go up. It's a, basically a clicker, but it's a match three clicker. Yeah, um, what if a clicker the... was bejeweled? What if a clicker was bejeweled? 10 million is here to ask that question. You make the numbers go up to make other numbers go up faster. Uh... And I I started playing it and then was like oh I'm uh, oh no oh dear God no I can't get out of this, um, but then a beautiful beautiful moment after losing hours to this thing I think my final time was three hours forty three but a couple of days in I just I hit ten million on a really good run I didn't even yeah, think it was going to be the run. But... The secret is if ten million didn't have a uh, win state it would probably be illegal because people would be dead. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but it does. It has a very clear win state. It actually doesn't take that long to get to it. It just feels like you're falling into the deep abyss of your own. Uh, I don't know. But I, I am. Um, I walked out. I, I was free, and I deleted it off my phone. Hooray! Success. Hooray! Yeah, I will play the room soon. That's yeah. That's a that's that is a t- entirely different kind of like focus driven game that call- probably takes three hours. <laughs> Mm-hmm. What about Destiny? Destiny, what have you been up to? I played a ton of Hatsune Miku Project Mirai DX. Hell, which is yes. the uh, that is the third DS game, but only the first one that came to America. Of the Hatsune Miku games, they're little rhythm yep. games that Sega did with uh, some other company, and uh, they're made by Sega and some other company. That I can't remember, and you essentially you get a Vocaloid partner, and you hang out with them, and you unlock rhythm game songs, and music videos, and outfits, and food to give them, and stuff to decorate their little room with, and there's a Puyo game in there. There's a Reversi game. There's a weird like this Vocaloid is my pet element. Not as creepy as the one in the Vita game, uh, which was Diva Diva Project. Is that what that Project game? Diva Project F. Diva F. Yeah, uh, that game you could actually use the touch screen to pet the heads of the Vocaloid partners. In this game, you don't do that. You don't have to touch them, and that's 
so much less creepy. Uh, you, you're not looking for the skin ship? No, thanks. <laughs> I'm 30 years old. <laughs> not not my thing. Not my thing. Uh, I've also played a good amount of that. That's a it's a good rhythm game. It's uh, fun. It's cute. I think I think it's like a an easier game than say uh, Theatre Rhythm Curtain Call. Uh, not as much music, sadly, but uh, it's a good time. Uh, how many different vocal loads do they have on that? Six. Is it cool. six? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I couldn't remember. It, it's, it's uh Miku, Luca, Luca Hatsune. Uh, that red girl, that blue boy, and then uh, the siblings. Okay, cool. Because I I have heard a couple songs from the siblings. And I like those. The a lot. siblings, yep. Hatsune, Luca, the blue boy. It was pretty metal. Okay. I was like, this That's is fine. great metal techno vocaloid. Well done. Good job. All involved. <laughs> They're really fun songs like i'm actually surprised how many of them i just find myself listening to for fun mm-hmm. uh, david letterman's own hatsune miko mm-hmm. uh I, yeah i guess that did happen <laughs> that, did, that totally happened sure it could never unhappen but if being on david letterman means that you're david letterman's own i feel like a lot of pop culture <laughs> entertainment for the last 40 years is now david letterman's purview that's true which is that's very true. upsetting who is David Letterman's today? <laughs> Nobody. He's been retired for like a year and a half. Is that true? Yeah, yeah. he quit a while ago. Yeah. Oh, was, he, did Colbert replace him? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Well, I'm British. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> I guess the, of all the excuses, that is probably a good one. This is not my country's entertainment. I don't know. Well, no, actually, the real thing is uh, I keep forgetting if David Letterman has actually resigned or if I'm just remembering that Louis episode. Oh. Uh, who does the late shows in your country, Jackson? Um, John Earthen Ross. Never heard of him. I have. That's the only one. But that's because Radiohead's yeah. on there a lot. <laughs> uh-huh, yeah. Jonathan Ross, Graham Norton? Graham Norton does a late oh, show. Oh, does he still like... have a show? Graham Norton still has a show. Yeah, I, I love Graham Norton. Um... Oh, what's uh, Alan Carr? No one's heard of Alan Carr, have they? Is he the one Alan that's rings a bell. deadpan with the dark hair? No. What does Alan Carr look like? He's got the glasses, he's got shortcut hair. Incredibly camp, that's his thing. I feel like oh, I've heard okay. of him. Okay, anyway, that's the state of British late night right now. It might be about four years out of date because I don't watch television, but... <laughs> Neither do I, but I still know uh, Letterman resigned. Well, it was yeah, a bigger deal your country. over here. Yeah. It wasn't making the news everywhere where, uh, you know, Jackson is. Exactly. I'm just saying. There weren't Maybe it's time we talk about some video games. I think that is true. Club this month, we are delving deep into RPG history to play Final Fantasy IV. Uh, if you're a pedant or old, it's called Final Fantasy II. Uh, um, yes. Excuse me, it's pedant? No. <laughs> you did that on purpose, didn't you? That was your joke that I just made explicit. Uh, this is uh, the first Final Fantasy for the <laughs> Super Nintendo. It came out in 1991. 
directed by Hironobu Sakaguchi, who did uh, so many of the Final Fantasies that it's barely worth mentioning. Uh, this uh, did it, it, so Final Fantasy two and three did not come out in America, so we got it as Final Fantasy two. We got an easier version with a terrible translation because the state of games at that era was very different. But uh, this is kind of like the normalization of all the Final Fantasy things. It's a game with the active time battle system. You have multiple characters in classes that are analogous to the classes that are in Final Fantasy 3. Like you have a black mage, you have a white mage, so on and so forth. Uh, They all have special abilities and you go on a big story-driven narrative adventure uh, through the planet and into outer space. This is a game I originally played when it came out on the PlayStation uh, in Final Fantasy Chronicles. Uh, I don't actually remember because they put out two of those. It was like Final Fantasy Chronicles and Final Fantasy something anthology. Don't remember it which was, which. It was Chronicles. Okay. Uh, the thing with that is it had like a three second uh, hang up for load times every time you opened a menu. Uh, not an ideal way to play that game. But uh, that's the first time I played it, and I've tried uh, multiple times since on Game Boy Advance and on DS, and I always get uh, to the final dungeon and then failed out. So this is my first time completing this game, but I'm pretty familiar with it. Uh, what is it like to go into Final Fantasy IV for the first time in 2016 is my question. Um, You know, it's not that different from playing other Final Fantasy games. I don't know if that's me or... It felt like a Final Fantasy, like it didn't feel too detached from what I had already experienced previously. From 7 and 8 uh, are very similar, which I guess is to be expected as they were less than a decade uh, apart from this game. 7 is only 6 years after this? I mean, I guess, but like, you look at like what Mario looks like between 91 and 96. Oh yeah, definitely. Sure, but that's a three. Like, like, like they had to invent three D gameplay for Mario. That's actually not a. Um... I mean, sure. Uh, I'm sure people would argue that. Uh, I don't know. It's weird because I feel like at the time the differences between old Final Fantasy and modern at the time Final Fantasy were much starker than they are now. But when you compare reality, it to just... actual modern Final Fantasy and you go look at some thirteen, it's ludicrous. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Um, no, because well, in reality, there like systems wise, there isn't actually that much difference, other than there isn't the character specificity in Final Fantasy seven and eight, where kind of anyone can do whatever they want mm-hmm. in terms of build. Uh, yeah, uh, one of the things I will say about playing old Final Fantasy um, is that there are certain tenets of the series that I had no idea were tenets of the series until, and then I'm surprised when they show up in seven. So the let's say space. I had no idea that space was a thing in Final Fantasy. Why would I think that space was a thing in any Final Fantasy game? No one brought it up, weirdly. Um, so, I, I so, hate to like burst your bubble, but I think we've played all the space games. Okay, because that's weird, because I was like, I went to play 7, and then you go to space! And I'm like, why do you go to space in this? And you play 8, and then they go to space, and they go out in space, and they basically make out in space. That's what they do. Um... And then I played four, and they go to space in that in a whale. I mean, it's whale. like a it's like a giant mechanical whale, which is very yeah, disappointing. disappointing. It's the worst. An actual space. I whale. wanted it to be a whale whale. I'm sorry. You have no Thank idea you. how disappointing that was. I wanted a big old uh, ridiculous Fantasia 2000 was still nine years away, so no <laughs> space whales yet. What was nine years away? Well, I missed that. Fantasia 2000. Oh, okay. Famous. I was like, what is the other space whale media in the world? Um, but it was it was fun. Uh, I enjoyed it quite a bit. I, I, so I had the thing where because it wasn't very different, uh, I kind of found playing it a chore because the everything was there. This was a Final Fantasy game. Uh, the story was a Final Fantasy story, but it was very bare bones. So characters basically, instead of having more drawn out scenes, they just said, I am this, this is my thing, let's go do my thing. Um, and stated their uh, arcs very plainly, which is fine. It just felt like a more uh, taciturn game in that sense. But um, the actual playing of it was just... It wasn't that truncated, except for the part where 2D games are about 15 times quicker than 3D games, which is very thankful for that. And so I'm just going through these dungeons being rewarded with these very small 
amounts of story, but playing a battle system that I have already played in two other games and basically thinking, oh god, oh god, this is taking forever. Mm. So Final Fantasy IV was like a f- frustrating game to play in 2016, but it was a good one. It was fine. I didn't dislike it at all. I liked a lot of it by the end. I enjoyed it. I thought that compared to the other games, the story wasn't as... Mm, what is the word I want? I didn't really... Oh, that's a lie. I was going to say, like, it didn't really hit very many emotional beats, but that's not true, because, like, there's a lot of death fake-out that I fell for almost every single time uh, <laughs> and actually yep. was affected by. Uh, I don't know. It's one of those games where the characters are so strong, and it's nice to know that before there was, like, voice acting... And before there was, you know, 3D movie cutscenes and all that junk, like, you could still write something with characters that made you give a damn and had, like, a... Like, uh, Matt and I uh, were talking... Em and I were talking about this last night, how there's just little silent moments where the sprites interact with one another, and it's really funny, because, like, you can tell exactly what they're doing to one another, what they're saying to one another... Uh, whenever they dance, whenever they, like, hit each other. It was always super funny and surprisingly expressive in a really surprising way. Like, or I said surprising, but just, I I, I couldn't get enough of that, I guess, is what I'm getting at. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we kind of talked about that in our Final Fantasy VII uh, episode, how much the pantomime of like uh, abstracted figures can convey story that an actual script can't, or would be less inclined to do well. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that stuff is really evident in a game like this, where the script is much better than the version that like I played originally or much better than like final fantasy two. But it still is really sparse compared to what we consider like a modern wordy cinematic narrative RPG. Definitely. Uh, but, it, but it's char- not so much sparseness as well. Uh, it's it's um, there's a dryness to it. There mm-hmm. is a you are being told what is happening rather than made to feel it. Like not saying that it's ineffective, more saying that like the 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 language of text is very uh, matter of fact. It's not like Earthbound where they are very. It's a very uh, what's the word? Like there's not much text in that game, but each text conveys a huge amount of tone. Whereas this will just say more like, "I am very upset about this that is happening," and from that you will infer that he is upset about this that is happening, rather than a more subtle approach, which is, is basically how Seven's uh, translation is as well. But it's a more uh, extravagant game in its other respects as well. So for me, uh, I feel like Final Fantasy IV actually picks its. Uh moments to indulge in that really well uh in brief if you've never played Final Fantasy 4 maybe uh do that or i guess you're probably gonna get spoiled in yeah, this. It's uh, weird. but story of cecil he is a dark knight for the kingdom of baron and he leads their like fleet of airships and it opens with him stealing crystal stealing crystal from another nation and he's like oh maybe i shouldn't have done that maybe we're the bad guys and it turns out hey guess what you totally are the bad guys and Cecil rebels and tries to uh, redeem himself by going on an adventure. And uh, early on, you find yourself in the village that you had pillaged sometime earlier for their crystal. And the way those characters not only like respond like disgusted at you, but then like mechanically go out of their way to have retribution by like, oh, like you go to the bartender and he gives you a potion or gives you a drink and it turns out it poisons you. Or you talk to a random person and they turn you into a pig. Uh, That stuff mechanically, I think, is really expressive as like how this world exists outside of people's stated purposes. Um, And it's like slight touches, but I think slight touches are kind of uh, carry the day in a game that is so terse otherwise like the fact that the dwarves always jump and spin and shout lolly ho gives them a lot of character in a world in which most npcs just calmly deliver uh, exposition at you mm-hmm. uh, they actually feel like and, individuals that aren't connected to what's going on around you yeah and it's not in the earthbound sense for sure i mean it's a game that's much more about the traditional quest structure and rpg tropes than earthbound is like mm-hmm. on some level earthbound is a game subverting exactly what final fantasy 4 is uh, that's kind of its nature, but uh, 
I think Final Fantasy IV still ha- picks its character moments and is really strong when they do them. Like the way all the monsters just greet Rydia when she show back up in uh, the Eidolon cave. That's really cool. It's really great. Like it's like, oh, here's all these repurposed monster sprites and they're just welcoming you and being friendly and it's kind of weird. Uh, but like that, Im- that imbues not just that space, but Rydia with like a character that you can fill in as backstory. Uh, but it is a game that's like kind of about uh, like in a game where the script is so sparse uh, and the interactions minute to minute are so abstracted, uh, it kind of just allows you the space to fill up your own projections on the characters. I feel like older games like this are much more suited to like fan investment or reading like certain readings of characters that aren't supported by the text. And I think that's part of why games like this have so much nostalgia around them when games like Final Fantasy VIII or X don't. I think you strip out a lot of that when you go for something that is less abstracted. Definitely. I don't think it's just an age thing. Yeah, no. Uh, I would agree. Destiny, you go. Oh, no, I didn't have anything else to add. I just, I enjoyed this, like, a lot more than I thought I would, because I thought it would kind of be more of the same, but, like, older, so with less stuff. But it actually um, held my attention. I enjoyed it. Um, And I didn't find it, like as hard like it had like maybe one really hard bit that i couldn't stand and that was it whereas in some of these games there's multiple like i know final fantasy 7 had a lot of like stuff that just drove me up a wall in its experimentation Mm -hmm. and i kind of liked how straightforward a lot of this game is (laughs) uh the thing i was going to say about (laughs) final fantasy 4 compared to 7 or 8 as devices for nostalgia or um the way they are related to by their audience is that, uh, like, for me, I love Seven and project or take a lot from Cloud as a character, and I like that part of that game. And I know you relate to Eight a lot. Uh, so my, like, I, I feel like C- Cecil is a way more broad character. He did bad things. He atoned for bad things. He now does good things. He, and that is a far broader uh, template to project onto, but it's not going to match the intensity of feeling i get from what i take away from seven or actually what you take away from eight uh like the the specificity reduces the wide appeal but it also makes those games effective in way four could never be sure uh but at the same time i think there, like there's actually a lot going on in how four expresses that universal story of oh this character who did bad things seeks to atone uh like Cecil being a dark knight and the way characters respond to dark knights. And when you reach Mysidia, suddenly you find a bunch of holy enemies that Cecil's just absolutely useless against. Mm -hmm. And uh, you get to the top of Mount Ordeals. And the, the whole point is that Cecil becoming like to stop being a tool of evil. Like the it's like the darkness sword has a a move like where he expends his own energy to damage enemies. Like it's a tool of vengeance and retribution and self-righteousness. And the paladin's like the exact opposite of that. And it's supported by, it's a character that has white magic that has cover where the way to beat your old self is to actually just do nothing as they, the avatar of who you used to be exhausts themselves to death by doing darkness over and over against you. Uh, and it sets up Cecil as like learning this lesson of what it means to n- like not be that tool of like, of aggression that fo- fo- follows all the way down to like the end of the game, where so much of Cecil's story arc ends up resolving into how do you forgive your brother who's done all of these terrible things to you? And Cecil's well equipped to do that in a way that like other characters, like the way he couldn't have at the beginning of the story and the way that he needs to, to achieve the plot, like both Cecil and Golbez try to use the crystal against Zemus at the final battle, but only Cecil has the mindset and the emotional structure to actually do it successfully. And I think that's so set up really early in that arc to lead Cecil the Paladin, which is like, absolutely like, I think the strongest storytelling in the game is that first five or six hours it's actually really mm-hmm. quite remarkable how much they can accomplish through like uh sort of hooking the gameplay into the story like i never actually kind of paid attention to how much that actually mattered in that beginning mm-hmm. 
want? You gotta go in the room, honey. I'm busy. Um. Yeah, I'm busy. I can't. What I thought was weird about the opening was how I'm sorry. It's this really effective bit for six hours, but they kind of drop a lot of it until the very, very end. What are you looking uh, I was for? kind of unsatisfied with the way that Cecil no, not right became now. good. And then was just good. And there wasn't any more look at how Cecil progressed as... We'll do it later, like, okay? The game begins with Cecil murdering a bunch of people at the orders of his king. And he says, this is bad, and now I will not do this anymore. And then, at some point, he decides this is bad and becomes a, a paladin. And then, for the, so the, the middle ten hours before the very end of the game... Apart from all your party members dying and coming back about six times, uh, fairly tensionless in terms of its main character arc, because there's not, uh, the, nothing really happens with Cecil at that point except just um, furthering some encounters with Golbez and building up to that final uh, section. Um, but mm. that's just an effect of it being a more sparse game, right? They can't. There's not space for that. So one of the things I think is really interesting with this game, having seen so many releases, is uh, we talked about this slightly earlier uh, off the cast, is that the logo changed for Final Fantasy IV uh, at some point. Well, I, I, all of the releases before the DS, the logo, like every Final Fantasy from, I think, four, maybe three on, has a background symbol that like represents the game's values or whatever. And for four, it was a picture of Kane. Uh, like a mono art style holding a spear or whatever. And in the DS and onward into the after years, it turned into this big giant picture of Golbez where he's like looming over the title and is glorious and threatening as Golbez typically is. Uh, but I feel like that change, uh, while it, visually I think it's really striking, uh, the new one, um, I, on some level, I feel like originally when I first played this game, like Kane's story was so much more a part of how I felt about the narrative in a world in which the text was much simpler. Cause Kane mm-hmm. is a character who like, he's your partner, but he's kind of your rival. And then he disappears. Then he's, uh, he's turns out he's working for Golbez. Then he comes back to you and then he gets, uh, recaptured or rebrainwashed to serve Golbez. And, uh, Kane's facilitations between good and evil, uh, underline, I think, the continuing story of, like, Cecil's conscious choice to I'm not going to be a uh, party to these evil acts, whereas Cain continues to just follow where his loyalties lie or where his uh, sense of obligation lies. Cain's uh, a character who is willing to be party to an atrocity and isn't, it's not that he's not bothered by it, but, rec- like, considers it part of the job as much as like, oh, I'm going to work for Golbez or I'm going to betray my kingdom and be with Cecil because we're bros, uh, where like those ties become the thing that like defines that character to the point where at the very end of the game, that character like can't bring them he, like Kane can't bring himself to come to the coronation, the celebration at the end. He's like, no, I have to find this thing Cecil found where I can define my own sense of being. Uh, and that stuff, I think, is really interesting and relatively unexplored in the actual script of the game. Yeah. But the change of the iconography, I think, represents like a, a move away from being able to read the game that way almost. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I thought about sense. Kane way more when Kane was on the cover and less when he's not. Oh, yeah. No, that makes sense. Yeah, because to me, Kane is a side character who's really interesting, but unfortunately unexplored because everyone's really angry with him when he... Oh, like Edge specifically because he doesn't know him but when Kane comes back he's like oh we're not going to work with you again you betrayed us like four times and I'm all, I'm every time that happens in this game I'm like come on the, the, the game begins with you committing atrocious acts if you're not going to forgive other people what are you doing um, and so I was hoping for more of that but no he just kind of goes off at the end like you say and it's like I'm going to go define myself now um, which is cool and I, like, I, I agree I wish there was more Kane in here, but that is definitely not what the game is about in 2016. I kind of like, like how they I... leave it, though. Like, mm-hmm. sorry to interrupt. It's fine. Like, I feel like it, it, it sort of leaves this sort of question of like, you know, he's got to find his own way, and you don't get to be a part of that. And I, I don't know. I, I liked that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I liked it, but I just, I just. Uh, I don't know. I wish Kane had more focus. I, I wish a lot of this had more focus. I would 
but I don't know whether a a Final Fantasy four with a script on the level of a seven or eight would actually be interesting. Like that would probably be a really that'd be a weird thing to see, which will never happen. But I like I don't know. I don't know how much of four's quality comes from its sparseness and its expressiveness expressiveness through that. Um, and would filling in those gaps make it a less interesting game? I don't know. I, don't I, know. I, I, I thought about I that I guess I just don't think it's I mean, that sparse. Like, I feel like there's actually mm-hmm. quite a lot there, even if it isn't necessarily the Kane stuff. Yeah. So I think the script supports the size of the game in terms of, like, game world and locations and stuff. I don't oh, think yeah. adding more interactions would necessarily... Like, I think it would overburden the framework of a game that is already kind of light compared to what you'd consider a JRPG to be in 2016, right? Uh, where, like, a game that's only two dozen hours long seems like a f- breath of fresh air compared to a lot of what the genre has these days. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I don't disagree that, like, the idea of, it, like, a game that could explore more of what was intended with the characters, uh, like, I think that's an interesting experiment. Uh, the, the DS version of the game, which you can get on Steam, is like a... So the DS version came out, and then they put it on iOS, and then that version got ported to Steam. Uh, yeah. Has an entirely new script that has a lot of uh, extra stuff in it. Like there's scenes with Cecil's parents uh, that are like flashbacks, and I, I know there's a lot of more uh, cutscene storytelling in that game because it's a 3D game. Uh, I was doing some research before this today and found out that it's actually uh, the Steam version is much easier than the version that's on uh, DS, which is great because that game is inexplicably incredibly hard um the problem with that is that what comes with all that storytelling is that the game moves much slower because it's a 3d game which is a real shame uh mm-hmm. but uh i don't you i guess you could do the research if the steam version had like the weird cheaty turn off random encounters get to level 99 stuff that the uh like final fantasy 9 does i would say maybe give that a shot and see what's there uh, I uh, watched a bit of the cutscenes from Four to see what they were like. Um, mm-hmm. they, they they rewrite some of the lines to make them. Yeah, no, yeah, it's an entirely speaking. new translation of the script. Oh, well, I know it's a new, I know it's a new translation, but it's clear like they, this has been written with the intent that it'll be said out loud, which you probably you could mm-hmm. not do with uh, the script in, in even the PSP version. Yeah, um, and it, it seems okay, but the 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 shift to like. It, 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 I don't know if it, in what I saw, justifies the shift to the cinematic style. Like, I didn't actually add more nuance there. They just added, maybe made it slower. <laughs> um, and there's some weird moments with, like, now scenes play out in 3D, so there's more, there's, like, they're way more specific about the visual uh, language of what's going on. Um, uh, what's it? Yang's quote-unquote death scene. Um, I watched that, and... It is like it, it, zooming in as Yang punches everyone and gets them out the door, and there's like a big no, <laughs> and it's just hammering home on the emotions that are already present, but a bit more subtle. Uh, so I don't know. I, don't, I I would be interested to see what someone who actually has played that version through rather than just looked at bits uh, thinks of how it conveys everything, because it's basically what they're positioning as the default version of that game going forward now. Yeah, I guess so. I uh, I. I'm I'm happy with it coexisting. I feel like even the concessions made to the PSP version in terms of like what the sprites look like bother me a lot. I would love a version of that game that has a script that isn't bad and has all the features of the PSP version but still looks like the Super Nintendo version. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that that's just... Like, on some level, it's just nostalgia talking, but I don't know. It's weird, because I don't mind a remaster that, like, improves frame rates of 3D games and makes bumps up the resolution. But there's a big difference between bumping up the resolution of a game and redrawing sprites of a game. Well, and I, like, don't think, I don't think video game cultures really figure that out yet. Well, the, the PS3 versions of the Metal Gear games are great. The, P- the X360 version of Fable is one of the worst things you've ever seen. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the difference. I don't know. Yeah. But... I, I would agree that video games as a whole are trying to work out the idea of preservation as a thing and what that really means. And hopefully they'll get there soon. We'd like that to work. I don't know. It's a conversation that's happening consistently. Yeah. And I guess on some level, I'm happy that Final Fantasy IV exists in a way that you could, like, legitimately play in 2016 in a way that, like, Final Fantasy VI doesn't. Mm Mm-hmm. 
It's on Final Steam. Fantasy what are you talking about? Is six on Steam? Six has the one that was completely redrawn. Oh right, it's like a mobile port. God damn it! Because they br- they brought them all that. to iOS, which means they are like that. iOS and Steam are their versions of these are preserved. And yeah. no, no, like no. Six is the actual that version. Got fucked up. Yeah, while four might be a mobile port, it's still like one that's actually had effort put into it. Uh, that six one has the tarot. Like they just redraw the sprites in like a very like too clean. Everything clashes with each other style of mobile games in a certain era that. Uh, yeah, it's really off-putting. Don't play that version of that game, please. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, we won't. We won't. What if I do? I guess I'll I just... I mean, I guess you could. It'd be a real shame. Yeah. Oh, well. Yeah. I guess it's really only hurting myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Is that it? Is that all we have on Final Fantasy IV? Oh, we probably have more, don't we? Um, what was everybody's favorite character? What was your favorite bit? My favorite character, uh, unsurprising to I feel like anyone, is Rydia. Oh, mine too. Uh, because, uh, like, one, uh, and I, we haven't really talked about it, but I absolutely adore uh, Yoshitaka Amano's designs for Final Fantasy characters, and I feel like on some level, this game represents his best work, and the design for Rydia is just amazing. Uh, she looks so cool. It captures, like, this otherworldliness about her, uh that i find really fascinating and so much of her character is defined by like what it is like to be a person who was kind of arrested in terms of like developing emotionally in the real world but then suddenly like thrust forward in a different way where she like comes back and she doesn't have white magic and she's an adult now and she's lived those years but she's lived them in a weird place so her relationship with humans is different and uh off-putting yeah no i and i like really all that enjoyed stuff. that like she yeah when she leaves and comes back and she's older and different like and they don't really explain it and then you go back to where she's been the whole time and everybody like there's just all these monsters that know her and they kind of acknowledge like oh yeah she's darker now and she's like i mean that's represented also like by her magic changing but it's also just sort of the type of world she relates to now and like we weren't a part of that the whole time like she's gone for a pretty sizable amount of the game and it's it's really impressive how they can mark it it felt very real that change in her the description of Rydia uh, according to the wiki but it's quoted like it's I assume it's in the manual or something um, which I think is interesting is a young girl of blessed circumstance who places her trust in those not of this world which is great that's that's so good pretty great that's so good yeah, no, I liked her a lot. Favorite character, uh, Jackson? Um, mine is obviously my most on-brand one, which is I think I like Gobez the best. Oh, really? Cool. Because he's, <laughs> he's just Cecil, but shit. <laughs> <laughs> and I like that that's the villain. The, he has all the qualities, positive and negative, of your hero, but just isn't as good at them. <laughs> And so it ends up being completely evil uh, for most of the game until it is good at the end, but not good enough to actually win. Mm-hmm. So you're saying he's the Seifer of uh, yeah. Final Fantasy IV. <laughs> he is! The yeah, he really is. Too. <laughs> That's pretty good. I, I hadn't actually put that together until this moment, but damn. <laughs> yep. Though the best part of that is the Golbez, unlike Seifers, introduces basically being like a fantasy Darth Vader, and it's amazing. Mm-hmm. It's so good. I and there's that talk- bit where his like the only thing that's left of him is a hand, and he still manages to best all of you. <laughs> uh, yeah, Golbez pretty good. Uh, yep. I guess we didn't we didn't talk about the part where you and Golbez are brothers. Oh, and then yeah. it's re-explained like five times. For characters you know? who weren't there, Your you brothers? were there because you played the game. But these characters weren't there, so we gotta explain it to them. We gotta let them know. That was the ridiculous. way it's paced. That makes total sense, right? Because in um, you know, 1991, when you're a person playing a video game that is that open, like you're not gonna progress the next bit of quest till maybe a week after you've played the last maybe. bit. So having those mm-hmm. constant recaps is designed for a different form of play than games are designed for now. Oh, I'm sure. And also, mm. like, we were playing with a deadline, so we were playing every night. I mean, it's different from, like, some kid that maybe only gets to play once a week. 
I still think it's like era specific because we're like eventually we'll play Final Fantasy VI, and by Final Fantasy VI they don't actually have those recaps. Like characters are explaining things to each other, but it just cuts to black and then like comes back. It's like oh, all this happened. That's okay. really great. I'm gonna miss it too because uh, like sometimes I'll like drift out. I'm like oh, I don't know what's going on, and then I'm gonna miss the over explaining of the older games. Four <laughs> uh, took me a little longer to play. I think I took me about a month in on and off because we had so much time i did start it and then stop it and that gave a different experience to um seven yeah I think I, when i when i played both halves of seven and eight i just bounded through i and i crushed through four in like a week and a half like, oh I yeah just... i watched you do that <laughs> uh yep i mean i wanted time to work on uh the image for this episode and uh, i was just I, and did you four is a game where i've always i always found it really off-putting uh, because I approached, like, I played the version that had such a poor script, uh, and, like, a version that was not ideal and that it s- had slow down every time you open a menu, which is the worst. Uh, but, uh, I, you know, I've always, I've always felt like I came off of it from Final Fantasy is, like, cutscenes and summons and a lot of that sort of stuff, and 4 felt really lacking and now as someone who's older i found a lot of fours like limited storytelling not only charming but like more effective than some of the stuff in like seven and eight where it's nice to have a shiny cutscene, but sometimes i'm just fine with characters giving me like three boxes of text but especially in the context of it's not modern games are not ps1 games they are ps4 games and 13 happened and the folly of chasing the cutscene has been well and truly established for Final Fantasy games. Oh, you know how much better 13 would be if it had, like, a scene of just two characters talking at text boxes at each other for, like, three minutes to explain what's happening in that world? <laughs> yeah, but imagine imagine 13 transposed without a single line of dialogue change to, it, like, a 2D format. Like, what would that look like? How ridiculous would that be? It'd be there'd be so many text boxes that were just, like, ellipses. <laughs> Just Zaza Vanille, twenty minutes talking. Let's go. I mean that that game sounds all right. Not gonna That's lie. the best bit. That's the best bit when they go visit the shit. Hang on, is it the golden saucer in that as well? No, it's the fake golden saucer. Yeah, it has a name. I don't remember what it is okay. though. I don't remember what it's called. But in my head, I'm like, yeah, when they go to the golden saucer, that's not what it's called. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No. Are you looking it up? I hear typing. Yeah. Right. Okay, it's definitely not the Golden Saucer, but it is yeah. something else. I don't know. I'm not. I don't know whether. I don't care what it is. I just want to know if I was wrong, which I am. It's a bad game. So, uh, yeah, Final Fantasy IV. It's a. It's a. It's kind of a vegetable, but it's a pretty good vegetable to eat when learning about video games. I feel like. Mm-hmm. I don't. I think you're gonna have to explain vegetable. I think that's not in. That's just us. Is it not? I feel like it's m- multiple people. I, feel I don't like know. When you it's say like vegetable, idea of... it could mean anything. So I feel like you should be more <laughs> expressive. <laughs> I know exactly I mean, people, what you mean. People have their like. So part of learning about old stuff is sometimes you have to sit down and experience a piece of media that is like, oh, I'm, I'm, I might not be excited about this, but it's worth me doing. Like whether that's like oh, I'm gonna go watch like a uh, like chinatown or something dumb like that or (laughs) uh or it's like i'm gonna go and play an rpg that's like in pretty much every way like old and outdated compared to everything you could be playing uh like the only reason i think you pick up a game like final fantasy 4 or like a lot of the games actually play for this podcast is because you're trying to fill in part of your understanding of what video games are and where they've been and where they're going and uh I think four is like a great example of that in that it's not like anyone growing up in a modern era or playing games today wouldn't go back to this game. And how many times do you hear like games people like, Oh, I love that back in the day. I bet it doesn't hold up if I went back to it. And I like so much of this podcast is about like rejecting that idea of no, you can go back to stuff and it can be worth your time. And I think on a lot of, uh, a lot of instances it's like worth doing. And that's what we're doing. We're eating our cultural vegetables, which is uh, playing Final Fantasy IV, which, as far as vegetables go, pretty good, I feel like. Oh, well, yeah. yeah it, de- it depends It depends what the game is. Like, I played Legend of Zelda, and I guess that is technically a vegetable, but I loved that. I like. I unironically loved that, and if you had just given it to me out of context, I thought it was great. Um, but, like, it, it, you'll never know at the time which ones will grow up to be 
uh, which games will come up to be like uh, v- worthwhile in and of themselves when you come back to them later or worthwhile in a uh, context of informing what came after because you just don't know what's going to catch on. Uh, yep. And RPGs suffer particularly from this because they're RPGs. Yeah. I yeah. like when a vegetable... Not only the long... What was oh, that? I was going to say, I like when a vegetable doesn't feel like a vegetable. Prefer a vegetable when it doesn't feel like a vegetable. And I don't feel like I'm learning anything and I can just enjoy it for what it is. The name of that city, by the way, Jackson, is Nautilus. Shit. It's on the tip of my tongue. No, it wasn't. I had to I had to go to a wiki to find it, so yeah, when and you it said was it... like the third city I clicked on. So it well, there's only three cities in that game. There's Nautilus. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Names I remember from thirteen, which is basically half of its incredibly long script is just names of things. And do I remember names of anyone but the but the party, Lacy, Falci, and Nautilus? And so there's the, the there's Bottom, there's the Sunleth Waterscape, there's Palampolum, there's Nautilus, there's Lindblom, there's Palamecia. Palamecia, yes, that's the... Uh, yeah, Palamecia. Uh, Erba? Erba is not on Cocoon, so I wouldn't have counted that, but sure. It's in the game. Sure. Tajin's Tower. Tajin's... <laughs> Everyone's favorite Final Fantasy dungeon. Oh, yep. Yeah, uh, if you go back to my Final Fantasy XIII Let's Play, that entire episode is just me voiceover about how much a terrible idea thirteen is. If you uh, want to know how on-brand that episode of Final Fantasy XIII Let's Play is, uh, here's how on-brand it is. It is you monologuing about how bad Final Fantasy thirteen is in the context of the Star Wars prequels. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> that makes sense. That sounds like a thing I would do 100%. Yep. So. <laughs> well, I think I think with that we're gonna bring this segment to a close and uh, come back with our last segment. Here we are at segment four. Uh, three. Yeah, I guess it is three because uh, that one just uh, was a double length segment. Uh, Jackson, I forgot to work Talaga as Fusia's name into uh, the podcast. That's just because we never mentioned Fusia. That's because Fusia is irrelevant, much like Tella. If you want to talk <laughs> about worst Final Fantasy characters, by the way, Tella. It's Tella. I like Fusia. It's Tella. The wizard from the moon. <laughs> Yeah, he's a wizard yes! from the moon, but he's still Tella too, or also known as Talaga. <laughs> Thank you so much, Destiny. I'm just saying, Lunarian, <laughs> an octogenarian Lunarian. <laughs> that's uh, that's pretty good. We don't have any questions. If you do have questions, you can send them to podcast at abnormalmapping.com. Uh, next month, we are playing Lily, Child of Geos which is a game you can find uh, on Steam. You can get it on mobile, both Android and iOS. The Steam version has extra stuff, 
it definitely has the interface of a mobile game, though, so be warned that uh, it it plays kind of clunkily on a PC, but it looks amazing. Uh, it, it's the way I'm playing it anyway, and, uh, you know, I'd probably suggest it, having tried both versions. Uh, it's a short game. You, you're a robot. You're a girl in a world with uh, wooden robots, and you're collecting flowers for a science project or something. It's very cute. Uh, and uh, we'll be back with that in what is this? March, April, in April, the end of April. Isn't that exciting? <laughs> it is. Yes. In the meantime, you can find us uh, all over the internet. Destiny, where can people find you? At Fridge Buzz now, all one word on the Twitter.com, and uh, at BellandGirls.com, where I have a podcast about junk culture. Uh, Jackson SP, where are you? <sighs> Bring it back. Uh, you can find me at Headfalls Off on Twitter, headfallsoff.com for various stuff. Uh, I do trash break ratio with all these people. Eventually, we'll do another Goof Zone. Um, schedules have been hard. But, um, uh, yeah, that's 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 basically it at the moment, I think. Yeah. And uh, you can find this podcast at abnormalmapping.com. Check us out on iTunes and Stitcher. Rate and review us, of course. Like and subscribe our YouTube videos, which you can go and find on YouTube. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at em underscore being, where uh, I'll probably be uh, moping about something. Seems like the way things are going these days. That's it. Everyone go home. Have a good night. Please uh, don't go to the moon in a whale. It's weird. It's too weird. That whale came from the moon.